For the majority of people, the inside of a prison seems like another planet. A place where scary people are incarcerated to stop them being out on the streets. During the recent COVID pandemic, you could be fooled into thinking that a prison could be one of the safest places to be. Because jails are isolated from the outside world, it should be easier to prevent the virus from entering and spreading. But that's not true. Pandemic time prisons are even more dangerous than being in the general population. Inmates are unable to social distance. The prisons are unwilling to buy hand gels and soaps because of the cost. Guards and staff go in and out regularly, and inmates and those incarcerated are released regularly. This makes anyone within the system particularly vulnerable right now. Many thousands of prisoners have become sick during the pandemic, and many have died. Prisons are packed with some of the most sadistic and violent men and women in the world. If you do commit a crime and are found guilty, pray that you are not sent to one of these five most terrifying prisons on the planet. Kazan City Jail, Manila, Philippines. Rodrigo the Punisher Duterte became president of the Philippines in June 2016 and is known for his tough attitude towards crime. He is quoted as saying that suspected criminals should be shot on sight. There have been reports that he was personally responsible for the killing of criminal suspects when he was the mayor of Davao City. Once he was elected president, one of his earliest policies was to launch a war on drugs. During his first six weeks in office, the police arrested more than 2,200 suspects, and they all needed to be held somewhere. The city of Kazan is the most populated city in the Philippines, and one of 16 cities in the Metro Manila area. It is here, in an inconspicuous neighborhood, that Kazan Jail stands just across from the library, and around the corner from the police station. The jail isn't particularly large, it has an area of just over 30,000 square feet and was built to house 800 people. UN guidelines state that it should house no more than 278. By August 2016, there were 3,800 people in the jail, with 60% being held on drug charges. That's more than five times more people than it was originally designed for, and yet the authorities were still accepting up to 30,000 prisoners per day. All inmates are made to wear yellow t-shirts. In some of the dormitories, they were meant to house just 30 men. There are up to 131 adult males, and bunks are stacked three high. The men call the dorms barangays, which means neighborhood in Filipino. Towels and curtains are used to try and give a little privacy, but it's pointless in such a confined space. The jail is so crowded that every single inch of the floor space is used. Men even lie body to body in concrete stairwells, and some have to sleep either sitting or standing. There are up to 130 men per toilet, and the stench is overwhelming. Insanitary diseases such as sepsis and tuberculosis are common, as are skin infections and diarrhea. There is little to no medical care, and the heat is unbearable and suffocating. Many men have died from heat stroke. Prisoners wake at 6am, followed by a national flag-raising ceremony, then morning exercise consists of singing and dancing. Participation in these sessions earn prisoners points, which can shorten their sentences. As you can imagine, tensions run high, and there is often violence between the prisoners, and there are only 20 guards on duty per shift. Visitors wait for hours before being given a hand stamp and then left to mingle with the inmates, as there is no designated visiting area. Most of the prisoners are involved in trials that could take years because the courts are so congested. There is a shortage of judges and prosecutors, 
so there may only be two or three hearings a year. Many would leave the jail if they could afford the bail money, but in this area of poverty, finding a payment, which may be as low as $100, is impossible for many. You don't want to end up in any prisons, but this one especially, and we've only gotten started on the list. Heilongjiang Women's Prison in China. Heilongjiang Province is located in the northeastern part of the People's Republic of China, sharing borders with both Russia and Mongolia. Fulangong is a mind and body religion that has been persecuted by the governing Chinese Communist Party since 1999. People know the risks involved, but have found that practicing Fulangong has helped them to recover from both physical and mental illness. The religion teaches you how to become a good person through the principles of truthfulness, compassion, and forbearance. One elderly woman named Mrs. Zhao was from the province capital of Harbin City. She became a follower of Fulangong in 1996. Mrs. Zhao was arrested for promoting Fulangong when posting leaflets about the religion on the streets of Harbin. She was giving a mock trial at a detention center where she was sentenced to five years imprisonment. The area is renowned for its long, harsh winters, so Mrs. Zhao and others were punished by being forced to stand outside in the freezing snow with no jackets or trousers. They were kept outside like this, given hardly any food or water, and had no toilet breaks for seven days. The authorities also motivate other inmates into persecuting practitioners of Fulangong by offering them lighter sentences if they mistreated followers. So one inmate used a bamboo stick to hit Mrs. Zhao's frostbitten hands, she was regularly beaten and placed in solitary confinement by the guards, for refusing to denounce her beliefs. Sometimes she was hung in a stress position with her hands handcuffed behind her back for days at a time. Another prison reported that she and other Fulangong followers were forced to get up at 5am every day, sit on a tiny stool and watch propaganda videos. The videos ridiculed and condemned the religion of Fulangong in an attempt to brainwash them. Sitting on the small hard stools for long periods of time caused pressure sores that were extremely painful. Other inmates were encouraged to torment the practitioners by following them everywhere and stealing their food and possessions. Some were even given electric batons to use whenever they saw fit. Most sinister of all are the reports of women being held down so that blood can be drawn from their arms in order to build up a database for organ transplant surgery. The Chinese authorities have been accused of using Fulangong followers for forced organ harvesting at the prison. La Sante Prison in Paris La Sante is in the Montparnasse district of Paris. It is now the only main prison within the Paris area and is renowned for having high security and VIP wings. It was considered as an example of reform and humanity when it was built in the 1860s. Although in the early 20th century, executions by guillotine were held just outside of the prison gates, during the Nazi occupation of France, 18 resistant fighters and communists were guillotined at Sante. The last public beheading there was in 1939. Until the year 2000, the prison was divided into four blocks that were categorized by the inmates' ethnicity. Block A contained Western European men, Block B were Black African, Block C were North African, and Block D were from the rest of the world. Another unusual feature of Sante is the special area where convicted personalities are imprisoned. Many notorious felons have been imprisoned there, including notable politicians, actors, and journalists. 
In early January of 2000, Dr. Veronique Vasseur published a damning book highlighting the atrocious conditions that she had witnessed when working with Insante. She treated men suffering from such depression or mental illness that they had swallowed rat poison, drain cleaner, or even forks. Self-harming was rampant, as was attempted suicide. Instead of being treated with compassion, any suicidal men were chained up for their own protection. In 1999, there were 124 suicides in just one year, comparable to 24 in the whole of the Californian prison system. In France, as in many other countries, suspects can be jailed indefinitely without trial. This means that some men have spent months in the jail before a magistrate suddenly decided that there is not enough evidence to bring charges and the prisoner is freed. Some of these men are forced to share a cell with others who have already been sentenced for their crimes. Vasseur reported that men were locked up, four to a cell, and that even though summer temperatures inside the prison could rise up to 100 degrees, they were only allowed out for four hours a day. Cells are only 30 feet square and have solid metal doors with a small peephole, making it impossible to see what is happening within the room. Men who have prison jobs such as sorting labels or assembling small devices are often made to work in their cells, having no more than two square meters of room to themselves. Prisoners tried to hold the rats and mice back by stuffing any cracks in their cells with clothing. Mattresses were infested with lice and other bugs such as cockroaches. Prisoners had collected them in jars in a show of protest. Bullying was systematic, and many of the more vulnerable men had become nothing more than slaves to their cellmates. The culture of rape was extremely worrying when it was revealed that about 10% of the population were HIV positive. Dr. Vasseur found that at least a third of the men were addicted to some kind of drug, which ranged from cocaine to much stranger mixtures, such as water in which batteries had been boiled. Many guards were found to be corrupt and involved in the trafficking of drugs, as well as the systematic abuse of prisoners. Reports were made of a guard who regularly put inmates into cells, close to the laundry, if they suffered from lung disease, just so that the humidity would aggravate their condition. Empty cells further away would be available, but the guards refused to move the inmates, preferring to let them suffer. Some guards even forced inmates into performing sexual acts. The food fed to prisoners was often rotten, and there were many cases of stomach flu and diarrhea. Dr. Vasseur was able to detect trench foot and a little-known skin disease known as bread scabies, which was rife during the harsh conditions of World War II. In 2014, three blocks of the prisoners were closed for renovations, and the prisoners had been transferred. During this period, Sante was open to the public for tours. Ironically, when translated into English, Sante means health. The Penitentiary of Mendoza, Argentina. Mendoza Penitentiary lies in the central western area of the province of Mendoza, Argentina. In 2004, the prison was reported to be holding 2,400 men in a building built for just 600. Some cells are just five square meters and up to five prisoners have to sleep on the floor without mattresses. Sometimes the men are locked up for 24 hours a day without any exercise and there is little natural light and no fresh air within the prison. It's hard to tell the difference between the toilet facilities and the cells because the whole area is flooded by sewage. Infections are commonplace and there have been widespread cases of meningitis and tuberculosis. There is no access to baths or showers, and inmates are only able to use a hose if they want to wash themselves. 
This lack of personal hygiene has caused many cases of scabies and other insanitary skin diseases in the jail. Dehydration is also a problem because there is not enough fresh drinking water. The inmates are forced to urinate in plastic bottles and defecate in plastic bags in front of one another. The waste is then just left in the cells. There are no medical records held for the inmates and medication is limited. Men that are in need of medical attention often self-harm just so that they will be seen by someone. Although doctors hardly ever enter the prison and are usually only called after an inmate has died, and even though there are many deaths in the prison, hardly any of them are ever investigated. The guards regularly allow groups of police officers into the prison. The officers wear masks and bring trained attack dogs with them, then randomly beat inmates, torture and terrorize them with the dogs. There is no access to any kind of study or work that could lead to rehabilitation, and the men are not allowed to take part in any religious services. There is no separation between prisoners who have already been sentenced and ones who are waiting trial. Up to 60% of all people in prison in Argentina are in pre-trial detention. Some have been held there for as long as six years. There is no structure in place to separate the types of criminals either, so a mass murderer may be placed in a cell with someone who's committed money fraud. 14 inmates sewed their mouths shut as a form of protest, all of which were below the age of 21. This action, along with several riots, have highlighted the problems and brought them to the attention of human rights groups. But as of 2008, violence from both guards and inmates continues in prisons across Argentina, and today there have been very little updates. The National Penitentiary Office reported that there were 301 cases of ill-treatment and torture in just a six-month period between January and June of 2018. Tadmor Military Prison in Syria In the middle of the Homs Desert, about 200 miles northeast of Damascus, is the ancient city of Palmyra, called Tadmor in Arabic. It is a desert oasis that has been described by UNESCO as an area of outstanding universal value and is also known as the Pearl of the Desert. But Palmyra was also the site of a monstrous prison, once called a Kingdom of Death and Madness. Originally a military barracks, Tadmor Prison was built by the French in the 1930s after Syrian independence. It was later used to house military prisoners and was thought to hold political detainees from as early as 1966. From 1971 to the year 2000, Syria was ruled by the Syrian dictator Hafez al-Assad, and it was during this time that the prison got its reputation as a place of torture and death. Members of the Muslim Brothers, as well as communists and other left-wing parties who opposed Assad's regime were held at Tadmor. In the decade between the 80s and 90s, more than 20,000 people were imprisoned, causing huge overcrowding. Some dorms were so packed that prisoners had to take it in turns to sleep whilst others stood. If inmates from other prisons refused to sign a statement of loyalty to the state, then they were sent to Tadmor Prison indefinitely after their original sentence had ended. The prison building was circular in its construction so that guards were able to constantly watch all of the prisoners simultaneously. There were seven courtyards with about 50 dormitories and 39 smaller cells. There were also 19 underground bunkers where prisoners were placed into solitary confinement as a form of discipline. No visitors were allowed, reading and writing was forbidden, as was any other form of entertainment or work. The slow passage of time was seen as a type of punishment in itself. Inmates were not allowed to raise their eyes and look at the faces of the guards. 
On arrival, the captives were taken to a reception party in a courtyard where they were forced to drink sewage water. Then they would be suspended from a tire, and the soles of their feet would be beaten with sticks and cables before being removed from the tire and forced to run around the courtyard. During this time, they would be continually whipped. Some of the prisoners died during this reception. Other forms of torture included the metal German chair, to which a prisoner would have had their arms and legs secured. The back of the chair is then pulled down, causing the victim's torso to bend over backwards. As well as causing breathing difficulties, this can fracture vertebra, and also cause the skin to split open because it's stretched so badly. Many former prisoners have since recounted their time spent in Tadmor in memoirs and poetry. In one, a journal described how guards would hold them in the stress positions and whip them or randomly beat inmates to death. One elderly detainee was ordered to lick a guard's boots before he was beaten. Another was used as a human trampoline before the guard jumped on his neck, killing him. One inmate was ordered to swallow a dead mouse, whole, who survived but was subsequently sent insane. Sometimes a guard would deliberately drop a concrete block onto the head of a prisoner walking in the courtyard from the outlook tower above. Some were forced to eat insects, whilst others were often starved to death. On June 26, 1980, President Assad was waiting to greet an African dignitary outside the guest palace in Damascus. Suddenly there was gunfire and a grenade landed at his feet. He managed to kick it away successfully, successfully escaping the assassination attempt. As revenge for this, Assad's brother, Rifat, who ran the Syrian security forces, sent 60 Syrian soldiers to Tadmor by helicopter at dawn the next day. The soldiers were split into squads and ordered to kill every prisoner on sight. It's thought that there could have been as many as 2,400 men killed that day. This was meant to serve as a warning from all Syrians to stay in line. In May 2015, Palmyra was captured by militants from the Islamic State of Iraq and Levant, known as ISIL. They released several propaganda videos from inside the walls of Tadmor before blowing the prison up, along with several ancient sites of historical importance. Sadly, there are no records of the prisoners who were held in or died at Tadmor prison. So that's it for these five terrifying prisons. If you want more content from us, check out our military history channel, Wars of the World, to learn and educate yourself on wars like World War I and II, to the Vikings and gladiators, to lesser known military history topics. Check out Wars of the World in the description below. Thanks for watching, and as always, we'll see you in the next video.